Welcome to the Knowing God Podcast. The hope of this podcast is that it would help you to know the Word of God so that you may ultimately know God. I'm your host, Andrew Rutten. Today, we keep moving on in our look at how we need a leader. Last episode, we looked at the chaos and sin of the world and the sin in our own hearts and lives. But God promised that he would send his son to rule and reign over all things. And in doing so, he would bring judgment against wickedness, but he would bring relief to all those who trust him. It would be this son that we need to help us. This son would be the one who protects us. This son would be the one who brings us back to God. But God's people continue to wait, continue to wonder when God would send his Messiah, this leader, this son of God. And then God makes another promise about this anticipated leader, another promise on what we can expect God to do through this leader. And that promise is given to King David in 2 Samuel 7. So let me read just a couple verses of that promise, and we'll discuss this anticipated king. This is 2 Samuel 12 through the beginning of verse 14. These are God's words to be given to David. When your days are fulfilled and you lie down with your fathers, I will raise up your offspring after you, who shall come from your body, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. Every couple years in our country, we elect new political officials. These are governmental leaders that we are choosing to lead us, to have authority and power to lead our communities and our country. And every time an election is coming up, these leaders begin pointing out the issues going on in our communities. They begin making promises on what they would do to help those problems, how they would fix all these problems that we see. And each candidate begins to paint a picture of what this blissful community and society would look like if we elected them to lead. All these campaign ads are designed to show us why they are the leader we need, They are the leader that will do the most good. They are the leader that will fix all that is wrong. They are not the moral monsters like their competitors are. So they point out the problems, they tell you what they will do to fix them, and then they promise to do all this good for us. You've seen all the ads and you know this whole process, but honestly consider at this point, what is your level of trust in politicians? I know there might be some of you that have a few people you really do trust in, but studies have shown the overall trust and belief in government leaders is on a decline, a steep decline. According to a Pew Research poll, in 1965, there were just over 75% of the population that said they trusted the government was doing what was good. Today, almost 60 years later, The question was asked how many people trust government leaders to do what is right most of the time. 19% said yes, from 75% to 19%. 
When it asked if government leaders do what is right all the time, 2% said yes. So overall, that means 8 out of 10 Americans believe that government leaders almost always do what is wrong. In fact, it is hard for many of us to imagine a leader that we could completely wholeheartedly trust. Someone who doesn't have ulterior motives. Someone who is genuinely doing what is right all the time. Someone who is using their place of power for good. Someone who isn't just pointing out flaws, then making campaign promises just to slowly drift into the status quo of what is already wrong with powerful leadership. But these are the types of promises that God is making in 2 Samuel 7. Do you remember from Psalm 2 that God already promised all the wickedness and evil will one day be overcome by his son? He is pointing out the problem with humanity and saying he will be the one to fix it all. Just like the political ads you see or those texts you received, he is telling us why we should trust in him to fix all of our problems. And in 2 Samuel 7, he's simply expanding on that promise from Psalm 2. He's elaborating on what exactly he is going to do. Listen to some of the promises that he's making. In verse 9, he says that he will make King David a great name and give him a reputation in all the world. Verse 10, he promises to give his people a land of prosperity and peace. He continues on in verse 10 to promise that there will be no more violence. Verse 11, he says that he will offer rest and comfort to the land. Verse 12, he says that all of this will happen when he raises up a son of David, a king from his line who will have a kingdom. Verse 13 says that this king's throne will be for God's glory forever. No end to this king and kingdom. And in verse 14, it says God will be his father and this promised king will be his son. Don't miss that language. He's building off of Psalm 2 promises. This king who will reign forever for God's glory, giving peace and prosperity to all God's people and will build a kingdom that will endure for all time over all God's enemies, it will be that son of Psalm 2. It will be the leader we need. It will be the one we can trust to always do good, who will never go out of office, who will never have a scandal, who will never prove himself to be self-centered or have ulterior motives. Can you even imagine such a leader? Can you imagine someone who uses his power and influence for good all the time? I have a really hard time imagining that because all the leaders I know, they aren't perfect. I've known some bad ones and I've known some good ones, but even every leader that I trust deeply, I recognize they aren't perfect. I know they won't fix every problem, but that is not the case with the Son of God. When this Son arrives, He will be the perfect King that God's people need. So here's my final challenge for you. I want you today to simply meditate on what it would look like to have a perfect, eternal King. Let your mind run down that track for a few minutes on what it would look like to wholeheartedly, without any reservation, trust a leader. What would it be like to be under perfect, loving leadership all the time? 
What would society and communities look like under that kind of leadership? What would be eradicated from your life serving under a leader like that? What freedom would that bring to your soul? Take a few minutes today and consider that type of leader, that type of life. And then I want you to let your heart long for that to be true. Sit in the angst of desiring something that you haven't totally experienced. Dream about what this life would be like and let your heart long for that, desire that. Because in the midst of that longing and that anticipation, the Lord might meet you and reveal something to you about his promised son, that king who uses his throne and power for good all the time. Friends, may God bless you and keep you. May he give you favor, grace, and peace. Peace.